Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the state of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I wasn't really ready to get started yet, but okay. Also joining us, the man who's currently peeling an orange for reasons that are lost on me, Jed Brewer. <laughs> That's yes. He's a professional. I really am. Joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, is he engaging with either flora or fauna? Only he knows for sure. One of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. I'm ready to go, Matt King. Ready to go. Well, I'm glad that Lee at least has some some preparedness and some uh, vim and vigor about him, because I declare a beef emergency. Oh, wait a second. There's a beef update emergency well, situation. There's really a lack of beef update, and okay. that's the emergency. What? Okay. So you know, we 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 decided, you know, maybe the thing with uh, what's his face with the smile and the voice. Oh, Osteen. There you go. Had uh, t- maybe run its course for the time. By that, did we mean we've been plugging away for three years and he has not responded in any way, shape, or form? Maybe. Pretty yep. disappointing. So then we tried uh, some guy who's MacArthur with the gospel hour radio something, thingy, and something. he fell off the charts and not no really no real traction we there. We eliminated him, but he seemed to accept his defeat yeah. quietly. Yeah, That's yeah. the thing. We, we, we overshot true. it on that one. We went right. for annihilation as uh-huh. opposed to beef. Yeah. Right. So then we found the liturgists. Yep. Right. And decided to try to get a get the folks gunning for Gunger. Right. And I just I just don't think that either the liturgists nor the people responded in the way we would have hoped. We did have right. some I did find out that some of our listeners also listen to that show and enjoy it and apparently it's nice, so Oops. Um, <laughs> Way to go, Matt. Just picking stuff, and maybe they mentioned that in a tweet where both me and at the liturgist were tagged, so I got real polite real quick. Wow, Matt. So, but, uh, you know, here's the thing, I think. We need to go back to the drawing board. Okay. We, we're beefing with other Christian podcasts. It's not right. gone well. Yeah. Mm. Um, we've tried beefing with Christian movies. Yep. That's, yep. That we've gotten some traction on that. We've gotten some fun Photoshops and whatnot. Do we need to expand our beef circle? Yeah, okay. I think so. Because the idea was, you know, Osteen's the most popular Christian podcast, so we'll beef with him. We'll get moved right. up. You know, uh, God, we we want to make God's Not Deadpool, so how do you do that? You start a beef with God's Not Dead, and it's the whole thing. Right, right, right. Are we thinking too too narrowly? Okay. In a world of brands and uh-huh. kind of conglomerates and stuff, do we need to open our scope yeah. of with whom we can beef? I think, let me just... Right off the top, fellas. That's what I, I'm looking for. Brainstorming. I don't think we can beef enough ever. Really? Yeah. You're just saying nonstop conflict everywhere. Yes. Now that's a Christian perspective. Just yeah. a scorched earth policy. Yeah. Just the Fitzgerald beef. doctrine. Yes. Just beef, beef. The and then let God sort them out. Okay. Sure. I like that. That sounds Catchy Christian at the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, God was in there, so yeah. You know. But I throw it open to the brain trust here. I throw it on the floor, and maybe if the people want to. Uh, engage with us online they can do it on the social medias but what's a good beef target are we or do we need we need to think outside the box on the beefing here yeah you know? we yeah. tried canada we've gotten uh-huh. you know that's been fun but you know wh- where do we need to set our sights are there are there un unexplored countries of, of which we can beef Ooh, yeah yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's tough because, you know, Canada, they think they're better than us. Yeah, and they have yeah. a point, if we're going to be honest. Well, they've got the handsome Both those new... things apply to many nations. <laughs> they have their that handsome new uh, guy. Yeah. Trudeau. Trudeau. He's young. Yeah, pretty in the face. He's pretty in the face. You know, the other Hugging day, refugees. I, I, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. The other day, they, they asked him, I, not a joke, the other day they asked him a question about quantum computing. Yeah, I saw that, actually. And he answered it uh, perfectly well. So much so that the physicists gave him a standing ovation. Well, there you go. So physicists are notoriously tough crowd. Well, you, you've inspired something for me, Glenn. If yeah. I may, if I can jump in. Yeah. What I'm hearing you saying is we need to be not less American. We need to be more American. Exactly. And nothing is more American than declaring beef on an abstract concept. Dude, that's okay. a great idea. That's right. Fantastic. We the have, beef on terror. It's have. the beef on terror. <laughs> <laughs> But here's what I want to ask. We have a war on terror. Right. Can terror handle having a beef as well? You're saying you want this podcast to straight up take on Al-Qaeda, and I'm in! Okay, that's not... <laughs> Al-Qaeda is no longer an abstract concept. Oh, that's right. It is an actual terrorist organization. Well, can we Maybe we should not beef with people who actually murder. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, also, we could even spread the beef out. So, Jed's saying the beef on terror... But we can also go ahead and have a beef on physics. Sure. Oh, and yeah. Oh, really, I like. You know, you know what? Physics is pretty snooty, Lee. Yeah, and physics is what's responsible for Joel Osteen's time-traveling cyborgs that have held Boom. us back at every step. That's Here's it, what I'm right? saying. Physics, you just got served. Boom. Who does physics think they are? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who do you think clapping you are, for the pretty prime minister? Right. They, that's they're, that's he's like their favorite. I could be pretty too if they yeah. let me. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, see this. I kind of ran out of steam. I wanted to be supportive, but sure. I, I yeah, had really yeah, no yeah, idea yeah, what yeah. you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the here's the thing: is physics thinks it's so smart. Exactly. Yeah. You sure. know what I mean? It's like, and then you're like. Uh, you know what? I got a cat in a box. Yeah. And then you ask a physicist, he's like, maybe, maybe, maybe not. not. Like, well, then who? You see, you don't know. Yeah. See, taking on biz, big physics here. Maybe me, I want an action. I don't want a reaction. Yeah. Let me tell you what. You I'm have to certain. Tell me. You're uncertain. I'm certain. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's the that's the American way. That is the American way. I am way. certain. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. But you're but certain I about am it. Certain. I love that. I you love know. that. Physics, it's on. It's yeah. been brought. You've been served. Right. Beef is on. Beef is on. Beef physics. is on with physics. Now, I like this. I think this is good. Can we flesh this out? Do we what do we do? What do we what are we fighting? Where are we going? Where are we demonstrating? Uh, now, Glenn's going to be in the United Kingdom right. at some point in the near future. I hope to return myself one day. I assume Isaac Newton is buried somewhere in England. Right. Can we... Can we you're just... saying dig him up. I'm, I'm with you. I was going to say protest, you. but you're thinking big, and I like it. <laughs> okay. Dig him up, throw right. him off the roof of something. Okay. How you like gravity now? How you like gravity now? Yeah. See what I'm like saying? There you go. Yeah. Deal with, with it, gravity. Like... This is... Here. The, you know, here's what I'm saying. Let's find. Uh, well, we live uh, in uh, Chicago. They sure, have true. A fancy University of Chicago. They do true as well. They probably got a physics something. Just over go in there, there and smash some beakers. Yeah, yeah, dude, go over there. What's and up, nerds? 
One of the cool things about having a beef with physics is it just allows us to go ahead and extend the beef to just universities and degrees and just everything that thinks it's smarter than us. Man, we are getting American here. I love it. You know, it's like these physics elites. Yeah. You know, these, 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 uh, you know, uh, they're, they they think they know everything. Yeah, you know, just because they they actually do know a large number of things, right? In a verifiable way, right? Yeah, you know they got. You know what they're doing, Jed? Tell me, they're colliding atoms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Who Look, indeed? Just because okay. your data is measurable and also verified by other scientists doing like experiments for a long time, right? That doesn't mean you're smarter than me. That doesn't mean that it's a actual scientific fact. Just because yeah. you know the mass of something and how fast it's moving doesn't mean you know the force. That's right. <laughs> I, de- I decide what the Let force Let me tell you is. what. I saw a documentary on the force. Did you? And you move it with your mind. I know that. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So that's science right there. There is no spoon physics. Okay. Okay. There is no spoon. That you wow, just, just, there's some wisdom. Yeah. We dropped a truth bomb on that. You know I did. Yeah. You know I did. You just matrix reference the Star Wars reference, and I think we... I think somehow if the physics got to us, that sounds like something somebody with a degree in physics would do. From now on, you're either with us right. or you're with the physicists. That's right. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Because when it all comes down in yeah. the physics riots, yeah. <laughs> you want to be in our bunker, not the physics bunker. I, you may want to be in the bunker of people who can calculate trajectories. <laughs> When the physics riots bust out. Yeah, that, that is a point. If you if you don't know where the projectiles are landing, it's it's yeah. pretty unsafe. I'm know? just gonna pitch this. I think this is Please a great do. the the good thing about the overall beef with right. the abstract concept of the discipline of physics yeah. is we can have many sub beefs. We sure. can try them out. If we're gonna keep going with the idea of being inc- very much uh, American, we're right. gonna America this. Yeah, absolutely. gonna make this beef Duh. great again. Right, make this beef great again. <laughs> the Institut de France, which is the French science academy that oversees oh, physics. That's, oh, that's yeah. the target number yeah. one right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're, they're A, physics. Yes. Think they're smarter than yeah. us. B, French. Yeah. Self-explanatory. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. so boom. Founded as the Academie de Science in 1666, so Satan, uh-huh, yeah, right. by Louis XIV. Yeah, there you who go. I, maybe I'm the Sun King. Maybe he's who you get to decide he's the Sun King. That's right. That's right. I think we, that, it all just came together for me. I felt it click into place. So uh, I think we put this out to the people. I think this is a good thing to crowdsource because we we just we just want a beef that works. That's Correct. right. We're just trying to create a beef that helps entertains the people. We're beefing so, the 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 Frenchy. Physics elitists. Yep. Well, Beef is on. Absolutely. We're beefing the very concept that measurable physical forces govern the universe. Yeah. Within that, we are beefing, apparently, the corpse of Isaac Newton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The French Institute of Physics. Yeah. Um, Al-Qaeda. Obviously. Al-Qaeda got, got in there somehow. Schrodinger. Yeah. And gravity itself. I, I know where that cat is. I know exactly whether that cat is dead or not. Yeah. I got that cat. All you got to do is you smell that box. There you go. Okay. Yeah, it'll a, let you know. A dead cat is had, puts out a distinctive smell. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Solved. I'm certain. You know what? They have all their scientific knowledge. Right. You have freedom knowledge. Freedom. That's what you just brought. I That's have freedom 
I have freedom to knowledge any way I want. Exactly right. Okay. <laughs> exactly right. You, you can't contain this kind of knowledge. No, no, you can't. You can't tell me what I can. This knowledge don't run, Glenn. This That's knowledge right. don't run. That's right. You, you, can't, you can't tread on me with your laws of physics. <laughs> I have my freedom. <laughs> if you could tread on me, you would know exactly how hard you're treading on me because you know your mass. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, look, folks, there are a lot of places, both on the radio, television, and internet, where you could tune in to get four white guys from the South deriding the idea of physics and the nation of France. Yeah, but we're right. the only ones who are joking about it. Right. That's, <laughs> That's right. really true. I guarantee you there's a podcast, maybe put out by certain news organizations, where people don't like the idea of some Frenchies telling them how fast things fall. Yeah. That's right. But we're doing it for entertainment purposes. Yes. And we know what Schrodinger's cat is, and I think that puts us in a Venn diagram of just us. Yep. That's right. Which, uh, so far, the things that have been diagrammed, but just us are what make this show infinitely unpromotable. Yep. But hopefully this is the thing that breaks us out. <laughs> yep. So, I declare beef on, but emergency off. Very nicely done. Now, sometimes we take on problems that are a little more solvable than the idea that there are physical forces governing our world. Yes. Because that's a bit of a big ask. Sometimes we take on things like anxiety, habitual sin... Uh, rest being pulled in every different direction. The way we do that is bridge box. We've got Ooh. sermons, we've got songs, we've got Bible studies, we've got guest devotionals, all taking on that kind of topic that speaks to your daily life, trying to help people grow on their walk. And the best part of bridge box is when you sign up, not only are you going to do stuff that's going to grow your own walk, you are going to support hiring part-time workers for this ministry here in Chicago, folks who have been products of our ministry, great people. We can hire them to do work with men and the one of the bridge, getting them plugged into churches, getting them hooked up with uh, housing stuff, food stuff, doing a lot of great work. You make that happen. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox, only $8 a month. That will go further with this ministry than anywhere else you can put it. I was going to say we guarantee it, but we don't. We think it. Yeah. We Not, not to be on physics side, but we theorize it. Yes. I feel it. That, yeah. That's the important thing. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. All right, we jump to our first question here. If you can have this all the way to the end, I'll use some ways to get in touch with this. First one comes into our email address, and it says, Hi, you guys answered a question I had on the podcast on episode 192 about still being in love with my ex. The answer you guys, the answer you guys gave was really helpful, and I started Correct. looking at things from a new perspective. I know that I want to move on, but I'm not sure what that consists of. I've met new guys since then, and that's definitely helped because I know there's still so many people out there, and I haven't met the one that could be right for me. I guess I'm just not sure how to move on from what what once was. People, I love you all to death. You have to keep in mind that my speaking parts don't work very well sure. when you're writing <laughs> these questions with the alliteration of what once was. I've never been that in love or happy before, and to be honest, I don't see myself that in love with someone else. Again, I've recently blocked my ex on social media, not because of hard feelings, but it just seemed like the smart thing to do. And that's helped a bit. It's just sometimes when I feel lonely, I think about them and the whole thing makes me so, so sad. I guess what I'm asking is, does moving on mean forgetting? Thanks. A couple things before we jump into this. First of all, thank you for writing in the thought yes. question. We love that. Yeah. B, we were ruminating when this came into the inbox, how many, uh, pastors would give their left arm for someone to come up and say, you know, I was on some total nonsense and you said I was a hundred percent wrong and I'm thankful for that. Right. So it speaks to the kind of character and wisdom with which the people who listen to this show have, which is super yes. awesome. But that being said, Glenn, why don't you try to help us out here? Yeah. Uh, moving on means uh, not wallowing in, in the emotion of this thing. Right. Uh, in, 
I think it's an important point, yeah. and it's uh, the tone of voice used there was right because wallowing tends to have a very judgmental tone, right? But that does actually that is a word with a meaning. Can you That's break right. that down for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, it, it, the emotion has a way of uh, sort of getting us in a, a cyclical way of uh, thinking and feeling. It just it perpetuates itself. So the idea is you break that cycle, and what happens when you break the, the cycle? Uh, on stuff is you begin to work through it. You begin to decide what you really think about this past relationship. And that allows you to put it on the shelf. It allows you to take that and, and distance yourself from it. But it also allows you to um, celebrate the things that were good about mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. appreciate that on one part. And there's parts that weren't good, but you can take that and learn from that. So that's sort of good in a way. There's yes, there are times of moments of sadness and mourning on that, but that's that's you know it's part of the human condition, and it's okay to feel those those that pain and to acknowledge it and say okay, uh, that's a bummer, and I'm 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 feeling that I'm experiencing it, I'm acknowledging it, uh, but I need to get up, I need to get off the couch, I need to get moving, I need to move to the next thing, I need to not dwell on this. Uh, I've I've worked through this. I'm not going to get caught up in it. That's mm-hmm. uh, when when we talk about moving on. That's the kind of stuff that we mean. We don't mean ignoring, dismissing, painting a smiley face on it, any of those kinds of things. One other quick little thing I want to tack on here is um, when we're when we're uh, uh, helping people transition from adolescence to adulthood, we have sometimes a way of raising people up to where we're saying you're probably only going to have one good chance at this thing. Yep. Mm. So this is the this is your your SAT test. This could determine your whole future. This is it. It it won't. Yeah. It super won't. You could totally bomb this and your life could be just as blessed. Yeah. If you get fired from your first job, that's not the end of your life. If mm, you if you, right. uh, you know, the, understand the norm is that you date a number of people and then you get married. That's normal. That's yeah. healthy. Uh, dating relationships, all the dating relationships you have except for just one are supposed to end and uh, they're supposed to have a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, there's only one that's supposed to not have an end. That's the person that you're married. All the rest of them are 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 supposed to end. That's not bad. Uh, so the idea that um, the 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 thinking I think that takes hold is this was my one good chance at love. This is my one good chance to pass a, get a good grade on the SAT. This is my one good chance to get a scholarship. This is my one good chance to get this promotion. And all that's BS. God creates opportunities out of thin air, if yes. that's what he decrees that it needs to be. Say so that, dude. A, a dude could appear in front of you at any moment and be the perfect thing, and the Lord can ordain that, and it's not difficult for the Lord to pull that off. That's a really great place to start. And I think there's a something indicative of the overall concept here. It's Glenn's talking about that behavior. And Leah, I'd love you to get you to speak to this because you deal with young people more than we do. This idea of I blocked them on social media. I think that actually, A, it's the right call. We can be clear about that. But I think there is something to that about how that is healthy behavior in this case. It would be very uncool to just block someone who you know 
on social media. But right. this is not just a person you know. This is not just a friend. Yeah. This is someone with whom you have a very specific uh, interaction, and we have to treat it as such if we're going to get to a healthy angle on it, right? Absolutely. I, I, when I read that in the, uh, in the question, uh, that was the moment where I was, wanted to give the applause to, uh, to, to you who, who have written into us. Because, you know, as Matt said, I work with a lot of folks in high school and college, uh, even some folks in middle school. And the thing that the, the thing on this is, is that people cannot do this. They refuse to do this thing. And this is a this is it because, as Matt's saying, like if you just randomly block somebody on social media, that's a very dramatic, you know, uncool way to whatever. Because this is the social currency, social media follows, and all that kind of stuff. This is so that would be a highly uncool thing to just do out of the clear blue sky or whatever. If you were just in a fight with somebody or something, but what you're talking about is a relationship that is now over. We have ended this thing, and so I am going to do this as a boundary. And that's a totally different thing. This is not mm-hmm. an emotional manipulation. This is not somebody throwing a fit. This is not pouting. This is a boundary. And like Jed said on the last episode, when you set up boundaries, that's not to change the behavior of the other person. That's to that's to say, for me, this is what's going to fly and this won't. And And the problem is that there's so many folks that the advice you would give them is, you need to block this person on social media because... Seeing their new happy pictures with the new happy couple every day, that is going to absolutely mess you up. It is going to, it's going to, it's just going to, it's, it's going to take this whole moving on process and just grind it to an absolute halt. And Mm -hmm. one of the, one of the problems that people have is, but I just can't do that. I just, I I curiously want to see what's happening. I I want to see, I want to see who the next girl is or whatever. Do not go see who the next girl is. Don't do that right. stuff to yourself. This is a moment for you to say, it is right and it is appropriate and it is the right move for me to say, I'm not going to watch this little drama play out. Because look, our social media presence, this is our public storybook. This is our, this is our mediated version of ourselves. And for you to watch that thing play out, it's not, it's going to be, nothing but hurtful and and the you know and people just can't bring themselves to do it but you absolutely need to do it and we applaud you for doing that and i would say as you as you go through this what's going to happen is and we all kind of know this because all, all the dudes that are on the show this is this has been all of our experience but the next relationship is going to be the thing that really gets you past this one mm-hmm. um you know the the next relationship you're going to you're going to you're going to feel all those wonderful, amazing feelings again. It's going to be amazing. You know, you get get all hooked up with a believing guy and y'all are praying together and the whole thing. He's telling you cool stuff he got out of the scriptures and maybe you serve the Lord together. This whole thing's going to open up. God has beautiful stuff in store for you. You're going to be able to move on. At some point, you'll be able to look back on the fun stuff that even that you experienced in this and be able to thank God for for good memories that he gave you without asking them to be anything other than just memories and in a healthy way, be able to, mm-hmm. uh, in a healthy way, be able to say, you know, I experienced some fun stuff. I moved on. It doesn't mean that my entire life has been a disaster. I had some stuff that I needed to move on from. I had some cool stuff that I experienced. I learned some stuff in the process. I got smarter. I got stronger. I got more ready for the next relationship. And you'll be able to do that as you move on. 
Amen. That's a really fantastic place to uh, keep going there. And Chad, I'd love to get you to speak to this idea at the end here of, I guess what I'm asking is, does moving on mean forgetting? Very important point. It speaks to a lot of what Lee was saying there about kind of uh, the process of how that works. And um, I, when I responded to the email, the person I said, it does actually moving on does kind of mean um, forgetting in certain ways, but not in the way you would think, not yeah. in the way of I will sit down and, you know, um, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind style force person in my brain. But when you get moving, the forgetting and the lessening kind of takes care of itself, right? It does. You were right in your email, and you're also right that it means forgetting not in the sense most people think. It means forgetting the same way that Paul said, this much I do, forgetting what is behind and mm. pressing on towards what is ahead. I press on to take a hold of the goal. That's good. Um, Question asker. Pretend that was in the email. Um, well, that's what you meant, and that's, right. and that's the truth. So the, the thing for you, um, and we're sorry for your pain. We, mm -hmm. All of us have been through bad breakups. Mm -hmm. All of us have, have, have felt that pain. Um, this is a weird thing, but, but go with me for a second. Um, there's an old saying that um, most people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and the implication of that is that happiness is a choice. Um, right. And uh, in fact, that's been extensively studied in the last couple decades, and it's super true. Right. It, mm -hmm. it turns out, um, except in cases where there are significant you know, medical issues and whatnot, you, you know, barring extreme cases, happiness is a choice. Mm -hmm. you, you choose to be happy or to not be happy. Here's why that matters, and here's why that pertains to your situation. Part of what you're dealing with is the pain of, I had what seemed like a super great boyfriend, and now I don't have that, and I can't force there to be another super great boyfriend now. I mean, right. I, can, I can go on dates, right. and, and for the record, we're proud of you for doing that, and you should mm -hmm. keep doing that, but I can't force eHarmony to lead me to a guy that's super awesome. Right. I can't force that to happen, and you're right about that, and there is this kind of suspension of disbelief in the meantime of, will I find another super great guy? Mm -hmm. We're all going to tell you, yes, you will, and, and, and yeah. the witness of, of Scripture is God will bring the right person to you, but that doesn't change the fact that for the moment it doesn't look that way mm -hmm. and and there's a certain pain to that and we're sorry for that however there are all of these other areas of life that you actually can take hold of today mm -hmm. uh, and that's a lot of what choosing happiness is about is mm -hmm. saying there are all these arenas in life that god wants to bless me in uh, god right. has adventures for me and, and things for me to learn and things for me to try and things for me to explore a lot of them have absolutely nothing to do with dating at least not in the short term but if I'll pursue them, if I'll take a hold of them, you know, again, as Paul said, if I, if I you know, press on towards the, the prize, um, I'll find all kinds of joy and delight and peace and satisfaction and contentment and meaning in my life. But here's the crazy thing. It actually all circles back to dating. Mm. If you don't know the kind of life you want to be living, yeah. it's very hard to know if you found a compatible person to yeah. share that life. Yeah. You know, when you're really, really young, you can date, and it's just, is he neato or is he not neato? That's right. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But as you get to be a little bit older, and, you know, maybe marriage is more of a consideration, you don't just need someone that's neato and has a really square jawline. You need someone that's on the same page as you, right. that's trying to live the same kind of life as you, that's trying to go in the same direction as you. Otherwise, we're going to have a disaster here. Mm -hmm. But you can't find that person if you don't know what kind of life you're trying to live, and if you right. don't know the kind of calling the Lord has in your life, and the kind of things you feel passionate about the kind of things that you value so what i'm suggesting to you is that choosing to be happy today is in large measure finding out what you care about 
Right. Finding out what matters to you, finding out what's important to you. And that will bring you joy and satisfaction today, but it will also build an incredible platform for knowing when you found the right guy in the future. God does have that guy for you, but choosing to be happy today is part of the process of you receiving that guy starting right now. Mm. That is all really fantastic stuff. I think it's a great way to cap that off. So we'll move on to our next question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, Sometimes I hear people saying things like, God was leading us to this or God was calling me to that, or the Spirit was telling me to do this, or I heard God's voice saying, which seems kind of weird to me, but the Bible, but in the Bible, people are talking with God all the time and being led by the Spirit to do weird things. So what exactly does that look like for us today, and what do people mean when they say these things? Lee, why don't you start us off? First of all, uh, love to, I, I, I love the phrase, or the summation of the Bible, that the Spirit of God is always talking to people and leading them to do weird things. That yep. is yep. fairly appropriate. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say this, uh, and here's the deal throughout the rest of your believing life, you're going to meet different folks who say widely different stuff on, on this particular issue. And you will meet people who say that they all the time have audible conversations with the spirit of God and that he speaks into their mind. I will tell you a couple of things on that. Um, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. I've never had that experience of having uh, the audible voice conversation. And and I'll also say, I'm not saying that that is outside of the realm of possibility. The Lord can do whatever he wants to. Here's the thing that I'll say on that. Uh, a lot of times when you find people who talk about their regular, totally normal, audible conversations with the Spirit of God, there's usually a couple things that go uh, along with that type of person. Number one, they're usually super intimidating, and they usually kind of uh, get people under their power. Um, and what you need in that kind of a situation, and, and I'm going to get, I know this is not exactly what the question was asking, I'm going to land there in just a second, but what you, what you need in that moment is you need discernment, because when you have somebody in your life who has, you know, who is... Uh, quote unquote, having constant conversations with the Lord audibly and stuff. And the Lord told me this and the Lord told me this and it's super specific. And this is exactly what it, it's going to be or whatever. That person can make you feel like, well, I guess we're on board with that then. I, I guess that's exactly what we've got to do because it sounds ex like it has the exact same weight and force as scripture, even though you didn't read it. Um, so you need to use a lot of discernment when you're talking to folks like this. One of the things you need to figure out is, is this person a consistent person? Is there, does their life, um, does their life demand respect? Does their life, are, are they a person that serves? Are they a person that serves me? Are they, this a person that I trust in my life? And the thing that I would say is uh, my experience in this most of the time has been when I experience a person that talks that way, um, that question of discernment sorts itself out, sorts itself out pretty quickly in the negative. Um, that that this is not necessarily a person that I want to entrust, uh, you know, myself with or my decisions with. The, what I what I would say to you is that you, we do know from Scripture that you have the Spirit of God living inside you, and that He is. He is guiding you into all truth. Jesus said he is a, a counselor. He is a comforter. And he is communicating with your spirit, with your heart. And so what, and I can tell you that for myself, this is, and, and, and I've heard these other guys on the podcast say this before, and I couldn't agree more, that this is a process that you 
grow in learning how to figure out, how to listen to the Lord, how to respond to him. And one of the things I know for myself is that in order to, to really grow in this and to get better at it, there's a couple of things that that I think hold a lot of people back from being able to understand where the Spirit is leading them and what the Spirit is saying to them. And that is that a lot of times our lives are too cluttered and noisy to really discern what the, where the Spirit is leading us. And two, a lot of times when we take a specific thing to the Lord, we've basically already made our mind up what it's going to be. We're not maybe in a, necessarily in a position to to change our minds or to or to be willing to listen and stuff like that. And so I, what I would say is, as you start to get into this, and, we, and these other guys are going to probably give a lot of really, really great specifics on this stuff, but as you grow in the specifics of learning how to listen to the Lord in your heart and your mind and your walk with Him, one of the things that we want to figure out is, how can I get quiet enough to hear the gentle whisper of the Spirit and uh, the, the still small voice in my heart and my mind and my, and my spirit? And can I go into those conversations ready to actually change my mind if the, if the Lord is calling me to, ready, to, ready to actually do the thing that he's leading me to do? That's a really fantastic way to start, and it's something that does need to be said. You can't talk about discernment enough when we're talking about this idea of uh, kind of hearing from the Lord and people speaking to the Lord. And Jed, maybe if you can take us to uh, the other side of that, let's go ahead and assume that we're listening to credible people who are communicating with the Lord, not talking about an audible voice, they're not trying to get money out of you, whatever that would be. Mm. What is someone, when they're using that christian shorthand of, I've, we felt the God calling us to Zimbabwe or whatever right. it is, for someone who has, isn't used to that terminology, let's just break down the nuts and bolts of it. What do they actually mean? Sure, that's a great question. Well, so generally, what most people mean when they say those things is, I have a lot of emotions about this. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of feelings about this. I have a lot of feelings about going to Zimbabwe. I I feel like it would be good and godly for me to go to Zimbabwe. I believe that somewhere within the stew of my feelings and thoughts and excitement, there is a spark of leading from God's Holy Spirit instructing me to do that. Um, I may not be sure where my feelings end and that spark of the Holy Spirit begins, but I I know I for sure have a lot of feelings about it and a lot of thoughts about it, and I believe somewhat on faith that somewhere in there there is that, that spark and that sense of, of leading from God's Spirit, and that's where I'm at. The vast majority of people, when they say God is leading me to do X, that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. That's that's the process that that they are describing when they when they say, you know, I, I think God is asking me to do X, Y, Z, or ABC. That's that's what they mean. And does that answer that specific question? Absolutely, it does. For you, you asking the question, what does it what does it mean for me? Right. That's that's kind of what that is for for other people. What it means for you is that God has a plan for your unique specific life. Right. Mm-hmm. Put it this way. There are two schools of thought within Christianity. One school of thought is that the Bible contains principles for living. Right. And that as long as you live by those principles, you are perfectly within God's will for your life. Right. Right. So uh, those principles would be, you know, being generous to others and honoring your parents and not murdering anyone, you know, and, and if you live according to those principles and you are within God's will. What actually the vast majority of Christians would say is that God created you uniquely with a plan and a purpose unique and specific to you and your life. 
That's the vast majority of Christians. Mm -hmm. Everyone on this podcast believes that. Um, Mm -hmm. What's at issue is how do you live out that plan and that purpose? How do you get in the motion of doing those things? Understand when I answered Matt's question about the people say we feel led to go to Zimbabwe, I'm not bad-mouthing them by saying what that actually means is we have a lot of emotions about that. Mm You should have a lot of emotions about major life decisions, and you should have a lot of emotions, hopefully to the positive, about, you know, things you could do to to serve people that are hurting and and to to serve Jesus in in doing that. And the Bible, I believe, is very clear that God does have a specific plan and a specific purpose for your life. Again, the issue is, how do you get a sense of that leading? How do you get to a place of, of... hearing or taking in in some way that leading of God's spirit. Here's why I brought up the feelings thing. What most of us have found, and I think it's it's fair actually to say all four of us have found this to be true, is that the most important thing about getting a sense of leading from the Lord is to get feelings out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lee is absolutely right that most people who talk about hearing an audible voice of God are hucksters. Um, and um, they generally are in church environments that's all feelings. Mm-hmm. That's that's the mm-hmm. only thing that we're doing is it's it's all we're just amplifying every feeling we can as loud as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. The the people that I know who truly seek God's will and God's guidance, not as an audible voice, but just God's leading and God's, you know, guidance, are people who go out of their way to minimize to, to get emotions out of the way, to mm. not let those be a part of the decision-making process. That doesn't mean they pretend they don't have emotions, but it does mean that they're not letting those call shots. They're, they're mm. treating God's guidance as something separate and distinct from the emotions that they have about a decision and about a direction that they might take. So to bring it all together, what it all means for you is God does have a plan for your life. God does yes. have a specific, unique plan for you, and he wants to guide you in that. So as Lee said, it's a process where little by little we learn, and listen may not be the right word, but we, we learn to sense the still small voice of God's Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us little bit by little bit. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's an excellent answer to the question I posed. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to kind of close out with this. I think a lot of the misconceptions we get about uh, people listening to the Lord and not coming from the huckster angle, which I think Lee covered perfectly and Jed reinforced there. But with that thing he's talking about, it's talking about the soup of things in your head. Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of joked about this with, you know, the, I knew the Lord was calling me to marry her. The minute I saw her in the Sunday school group, mm-hmm. I now tell you 15 years later and reverse engineer the story. Right. But when you tend to hear people talk about, I listened to the Lord and this people who are if they're on something legit and they're comfortable saying that out loud, it tends to be people who have been walking with the Lord for a while, who may be in more extreme environments. I mean, you'll mention mm-hmm. in sermons, you know, hey, I prayed, you'll mention in sermons at the bridge, I prayed about this topic, and I think the word, the word I got from the Lord that you guys need is this, and mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. cool with that, you're cool with that, because we built that language in. But I think maybe people only hear this in very dramatic senses. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. only hear about listening to the Lord when it's someone raising money to do missions or moving for a job, which is mm-hmm. fine. But to this person's question of what does that mean in my life as a young person, if I'm not mm-hmm. there yet, or if I'm just a person who, you know, works nine to five, goes to local church and I'm trying to figure out what God uh, wants me to do. Yeah. What does that soup of stuff mean without the big dramatic See, uh, boom. I think you're you're really putting your finger right on the struggle that most people have. And it, it, I think it really boils down to this. Really, anything 
that we, what we're talking about here is a spiritual communication between us and God. Not a, again, not an audible physical voice, but Glenn, <laughs> yeah, give that, me all of your money, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Jacob Marley. <laughs> that's yeah, uh, but. Uh, um, Did I say me? I meant Jed. Give Jed your money. <laughs> you t- tune into this podcast for the Dickens joke. I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you what. Uh, but here's the thing: is if you're if you're you know, trying to explain or or try and really even just discuss anything spiritual, it's hard to describe it because anything you describe, you're kind of using a physical example. Mm-hmm. If you see what I'm saying. So when we say we're listening to the Lord, we're actually not using our physical ears Mm -hmm. in any way. So what we're doing is we're doing something called abstraction. We're using, we're, 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 we're did we declare war on that? Yeah, we did. We, we definitely declared war. On oh no, we've really, really <laughs> you know? pickled ourselves here. Yeah, this is the thing is there. There are a lot of people in the world, bless them, and 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 God love them. They're very literal people. Yeah, and they like everything to be literal, and it's hard for them. I think sometimes they struggle with Christianity because there's a lot of vague and abstract stuff that's being tossed around, and they're yes. sort of. No way to get past that because it's uh, it's it's not again it's not something I can describe in physical terms. Yeah. I can give you an analogy yeah. that's uh, that's physical, you know, and it makes sense as you live it. It's not right. something that you mm-hmm. first comprehend intellectually and then go right. and, and you know the, you have to do the thing and yeah. live it out, and then it makes sense in retrospect. Exactly right. If you if you made this about emotion instead of spiritual stuff, it would work the same way. If I Describe to you what it's like to be in love. That you know, you 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 your your heart starts to beat really fast, and you break out in a sweat, and you're kind of nervous, but you're kind of happy, and you're kind of well. This sounds like some form of disease. Right. You know, you you, <laughs> you 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 can't really understand it till you've lived it. it, and you know. So uh, I can I can try and give you a sense of it, but you have to experience it. But I want to go back to what uh, exactly what Lee was talking about which is this principle that we are all experiencing this, that this isn't a special giftedness yep, no. that only mm-hmm. some people have because they right. have a special uh, uh, super Christian relationship with God that other people don't yeah. have. Here's If I can make this as simple and as concrete as I can possibly make it, is that um, if, you, if I use the term the voice of your conscience, mm-hmm. I think you probably know what I mean. Yep. Uh, if I use the term uh, a critical inner voice, mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of a, a psychological term, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a self-critical voice within you. Uh, if you watch the old cartoons, it's the little angel on and one the shoulder, devil. the little devil right. on the other shoulder. Uh, it, that is so familiar that and it's we've so all iconic. That. We've all experienced it. Uh, you know, if if it's to the level where cartoonists can depict it, we immediately recognize ourselves yep. in that bizarre abstract uh, thing with the angel and the devil. Okay, so we know how that works. What we're trying to emphasize here is God is the person who's speaking through your voice of conscience, and that the enemy gives us that critical inner voice, that condemning yep. voice that's always in there. So. First of all, it's about recognizing that's always there. Second of all, it's pinpointing you know, which part is God, which part is the enemy, based on the content of what we're being told. One is yes. uplifting and encouraging, the mm-hmm. other one's condemning. It's, well, once you start 
sifting it gets pretty pretty simple. But then here's the thing. This is not about surrendering doubt, not at all. In fact, once we have a basis of communication, the first thing I want to do is start to cover, hey, God, you said do this, but that seems like a bummer. Yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite sins, and it's delicious. I like it a lot. It's really, really great. And it's kind of a bummer you want to take that away. Is that, like, is that... A flexible thing? Can yeah. we, or is this a time-sensitive thing? Do I have to get rid of that right now? We have a debate. I'm negotiating. I'm look. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking for loopholes here and all of this. But here's why that's good, and here's why this is healthy. Is because at some point, as these brothers are describing, brother Trevor is going to come along and say he got a special revelation from God, yeah. and I got to go with it. And then if I'm not going with it, I'm doubting God. Yeah, exactly. Here's what. Here's what I need to tell Trevor in that moment. A, I'm doubting you, Trevor, yeah. and your ability to to you know receive you. Uh, in- input. Second of all, I'm already in the process of not necessarily doubting God, but of challenging what mm-hmm. I'm getting from him and working through that. Mm-hmm. So if God gives me something and I say, oh, wow, that's a bummer. Are we sure? Is there not? A, is a, am I hearing yeah. this right, yeah. et cetera? If I'm doing that with God, and Trevor wants to pass something by me without any review, Yeah, he's going to have no hope. And if I tell Trevor, oh, okay, I'm going to take everything you just said. I'm going to go get by myself. I'm going to uh, you know, cover this with the Lord, and we'll see what the Lord has to say about it. If the Lord says the exact same thing that you're telling me in the exact same way, well, I'm just going to thank you, and we're going to have a good time. If the Lord tells me something different, I think you better go running, Trevor. I think you, you just better not be there for me to find you sure. for later, because... That's Glenn, like, this is hypothetical and not a thing you said after you've heard someone's sermon, exactly right? Exactly not something I would say in church to someone sure. after they preach a sermon. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the, but it's it's recognizing, uh, yeah, we do put that to the test and we do challenge those things. And absolutely right. I think you're, as you're saying, God is not offended by you questioning it, doubting it, wrestling with it. So not if he's all. not, to Lee's point, nobody else should be. That's right. But also, as we learn to do this, because this is a learned scale, we've mm-hmm. talked about this on the on the podcast for not not listening to the Lord so much as learn skill, but all the stuff you have to get out of the way is yeah, learned tuning skill. into you, it. Yeah, yeah. You recognize it more as you get it. So there's it's not an idea of God's not if you are called to uh be a missionary in Zimbabwe, as we talked about something with uh, the first question, it that's not a one time offer. Yeah. Mm, so mm. you know you, you work through this you get better at it and that's okay. It's not a these are not lightning strikes. You have to catch them right there. This is that's right. stuff that's you right. wrestle with, it's always there. So again, it's a little mystical, it's a little and that's all just kind of baked into it. It is something you can you can get a hold of and it, your life will be a lot better for doing it. Two super, super quick things. First is the thing that everybody asks God is what should I do? That's yep. fine. The thing nobody asks is why. Mm. That's right. That's the thing Say you want to ask. Um, to whatever extent you're able to receive a sense of leading from the Lord, focus on why. Yep. Yes, you want to know, tell me what yeah. to do, but tell me why. Yeah. If we're going to Zimbabwe, why? That's right. What's in Zimbabwe? Why right. me? Right. What's, what's the deal? If you read the Bible, God doesn't mind those conversations. No. Um, if you want to know, am I hearing from God? Ask the why question. It will very quickly explain where this information yeah, is coming if from. If you show up in Zimbabwe and you don't know why you're there, this would be a problem. You, you have no chance of fulfilling this mission. Yes, Foc- focus on why. Focus yeah. on why. You can never go wrong. Here's one other thing. Christians love a book. 
So I'm going to give you a book. This is a good one. This is a writer named Dallas Willard. Uh, he passed away a couple yeah. years ago, but he's he's a great writer. This is a book. It's published by InterVarsity Press, um, and the title is Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. Uh, they've got it on Amazon. It's about 10 bucks. It's a good book, very solid, very biblical introduction to this topic. Um, cuts through a lot of the you know the Christianese, and it really gets to the heart of the matter. So if you if you love a book, you can book this. Okay. I'm thinking of a story Glenn recently told me about taking a former uh, Puerto Rican Northside Chicago gang member to a ministry conference where Glenn was telling people exactly how to do what they wanted to do, and they were actively not listening to him. And this gentleman's response in the car ride home, I believe, was exactly, white people don't believe anything unless it's in a book. That's exactly what he said, and nothing has proven to be more true in my life. So... We've got a book for you. You got a book. I also say that point of why. I think that's a very important point to point out. We talked about that idea of, you know, pulling the emotion away from it. That's one of those things I we, sometimes we throw out on the show, and you can get a sense of what that means. One of the easiest ways to get that borrowing is the why question, is the digging, because you see the thing, and it's a film, and, you know, Myanmar, and it's, I got to go and help the, the orphans. If you start asking, why am I qualified for this mission? Why are you calling me here? If it's a thing where there's just emotions that are going to burn off, those why questions will really mm-hmm. be helpful on that. So we're going to move on to our final question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr box, and it says, Hey, love the blog. She's talking about my blog, not your blog. Oh, Ooh. well, that's that's fine. I think it goes understood that she loves yours, because everybody loves it, for it is very popular. Well, that's 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 also true. So yeah, got him with the left and then came in with the right on the compliment. Absolutely. And love, love, that part's in all the second love, in all caps, the podcast. That's correct. You guys seem to get along so well, and your answers seem to mesh so nicely together, and I'm wondering, do you guys ever argue about stuff? Hmm. I'm part of a campus ministry, and some conflict has come up, and I'm wondering, how can we get along the way you guys do? I the, disagree. <laughs> thank you. The very rare, rare question of how can I do things the way you bunch of weirdos do it. Yeah, that's a goal. But if you're going to ape us on one thing, that's probably a good one. And Jed, why don't you start us off? I appreciate the question. Thanks so much for the kind words, man. I'm glad you uh, dig the podcast. Um, and the blog. And the blog. Apparently, it's uh, also semi-popular. I guess, I mean, <laughs> it's an underground movement. Yeah, you know. I mean, if you if you feel like you need to stop reading the Uncle Glenn blog just so you'd appreciate it more when you come back to it, you know, <laughs> um, then it would be one you could read. Okay, here's the thing: is everybody argues there? Yeah. There are no yeah. human relationships without conflict. Right. Um, the The issue is what do you what do you do with it? Yeah. Um, there's a few things that that drive what you're seeing on or hearing actually on this podcast. Um, the first thing is that if you can dig it, all the questions that come into this podcast boil down to very basic things about Christianity. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. And there's not a lot to disagree over. Uh, all all four of us are. We've been doing this for a long minute. Um. It's. Uh, there's not actually a lot of ways to see it. You know. Mm-hmm. Somebody's being a jerk to me. What do you think I should do about it? There's actually not a bunch of angles on that, right, you know, so right, that's right. that's part of it. But the other thing that you get, um, uh, and it would be, it's actually a good idea for us to say this out loud, is um, we have a ton of mutual respect for each other, mm-hmm. uh, and there is a ton of trust that has been earned mm-hmm. amongst the people on this podcast. Here's why that matters. Even suppose that Matt said something and it sounded kind of funny to me, right? I can't imagine that happening, but suppose it did. 
I could jump in and say, well, Matt, I think you're wrong, and how dare you and whatnot. Sounds I, like a little bit of post-dispensationalism mm, to me. Exactly right. right exactly yeah. right. I could do that, or I could say, I respect Matt. I respect his walk. I respect his, you know, uh, his ministry acumen. Um, you know, I respect his viewpoint. Um, I'm guessing what he meant is X, Y, Z. I'm mm. guessing. In fact, I think there's a, a question in this same episode. You're talking about forgetting, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, where, you know, Matt's saying, well, I, I said this and to me, oh, I know what you meant. You sure. know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're intended this, right? I think part of the, the problem that we get into with Christian stuff is there's a weird thing about Christian culture where we, we act like we're going to give people the benefit of the doubt and then we super don't at right. all. Right. Um, in what part of what you hear on this podcast is we actually do give each other the benefit of the doubt. Right. Um, and that's because we trust each other uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and we respect each other. So where does that come from? A lot of it comes from shared purpose. Mm-hmm. We're pointed yeah. in the same exactly. direction. We're, we're trying to, to do the same things. This is going to sound strange, but, but hear me for a second. You'd think that in any ministry, there'd be a sense of shared purpose. Mm-hmm. There's not. Right. Mm-hmm. There's super, super not. You said you're in a, in a campus ministry. You, you would think, well, clearly our goal is to help students that are lost and hurting, find a sense of comfort and, and, and you know, uh, salvation, obviously, in the Lord, and that's what we're here to do. If you could give truth serum to everybody that's staff or volunteer with your campus ministry, you would get wildly varying responses on what are we here to do. Right. Um, and out of that, I bet you would find there's not a ton of cohesive purpose there. Mm -hmm. If there's Mm -hmm. not a ton of cohesive purpose, it's actually really hard for there to be mutual respect. That's right. Because you can only have mutual respect when you're trying to move in a similar direction. And if there's not shared purpose and there's not mutual respect, there kind of can't be trust either. And if you don't have trust or respect or shared purpose, you're going to have a lot of conflict. Right, right. Um, that's that's kind of how that works. So just as a place to get us started, everybody argues, it's about what you do with it, but part of what you're saying on this podcast is uh, you're four guys that are pointed in the same direction, trying to accomplish the same things, and off of that have a strong sense of shared respect and shared trust. Well, yeah, it's absolutely mm-hmm. right. Lee, why don't you uh, take us next? Well, and, and I, I absolutely love where Jeb went on this, and this is just kind of in the same vein. One of the things that that everybody that's really, really good at at ministry and is and is really legit in ministry has something in common and that is that they are teachable. This is a mm-hmm. teachable, coachable person. That has to do with humility. I mean, one of the things that that you if you've listened to the show for a while, you'll know that that Glenn learned from his master Yoda. These other guys, they you know, they learn from Glenn. I learned from my pastor who learned from his, you know, master Yoda. And the cool thing is, is that like once, you know, you got a guy like Glenn who gets trained up by the guy who's like the forefront in, in, in his, you know, area of ministry. And you'd think, well, okay, so now Glenn knows everything. So he's done learning. And the really cool thing is, I, I think this was maybe two years ago when uh, I took a group of high school folks up to the high school and college folks up to the bridge. And I get over to Glenn's house and we're talking about the sermon topic. And I was going to preach with these, with these dudes that night and everything. And Glenn, we sit down to talk, and I thought we were going to just dive in to talk about the sermon topic. But the first thing that Glenn said was, dude, we are like, we're like taking our whole preaching style down to studs. We're starting over from zero, and we're trying to learn to do it like these like these dudes in the, you know, in, in the, the, you know, inner city churches are doing it because these guys are killing it so hard. So we're trying to just start over from scratch and learn something new. And you're talking about a dude that's been a professional in his ministry for 25 years saying, 
You know what I love to do? Learn. And you know what I love <laughs> to do? I love to look at somebody who's awesome at something, and I love to steal what they're doing so that I can, so that I can employ that in my thing. Not because I want to be awesome, but because my goal is to help people, exactly as Jed said. And that's the really cool thing, is when everybody on a ministry team has the humility to be teachable, then it, you know if you've been in it 10 years, and then uh, Susan over here has been in it for six months, but she says something awesome that you've never, you, you just never thought of that or saw that before, and you just think, oh man, I am totally stealing that. And I'm going to say that over here to these dudes that I'm working with because my goal is to help them. And and exactly what Jed's saying is, if we all have the shared goal of 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 helping people, and if that's more important to me than my own personal spiritual awesomeness and how awesome people yeah. think I think I am or my own reputation or whatever, if if the helping people is more important than my awesomeness, then that allows me to be coachable and teachable, and it allows me to always be grabbing new stuff and 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 kind of sharpening what I do and learning new fundamentals and getting reps at different stuff that I'm not I've never even been good at, but I'm getting better at it because the Lord's helping me and because He's actually using me. But that thing of the humility to be teachable is so so key. And you're listening to a show where all the dudes on this show that's that's where we are. One of the cool things that you don't get to see behind the scenes is that we love to, you know, we love to kind of push the the answer to the question to a new place and then have the next guy just come in and step up and have to step up his game. You know, maybe one of these guys will steal somebody's answer, steal somebody's <laughs> bullet point on purpose just to see, let's see what that dude does now and see if he can right. step up his game. Because our goal is to help you and not because we're the point, but because y'all are the point. We do this show yeah. purely for you. And so it allows us to be coachable, teachable, so that we can step up and, and get better and better at helping you. Amen. Absolutely right. I mean, Glenn also does the show for the internet dollars, well, which is totally too. on their way. Okay, cool. Coming any day now. Um, one th- Glenn, I'd love to get you to look at these as the angle from the boss, because yeah. one of the things we're looking at, and both uh, Jed and Lee said it, of course, we as a group of people, and we as a ministry staff up here in Chicago, have disagreements about things. There mm-hmm. actually aren't a lot of arguments. Right. And part right. of that is kind of the structure of leadership you've put in place to keep that yeah. from happening. How how do you keep a disagreement from be- or different ideas from getting conflictatory? Right. Here's the the thing that I'm looking to do is is, is first and foremost, and and I'm, I'm I'm keying off what these other fellows are talking about. It's it's important to have, as Judge said, a common goal. And uh, generally speaking, if you're in a in a ministry environment, you're saying here's the you know we want to achieve X, mm-hmm. right? But we are we are not in a position to do that because of this obstacle. Mm-hmm. So problem number one is what are we going to do with this obstacle? Now I'm defining both the goal and what that obstacle is. I'm saying you know that the authority piece is really just to say here's what I think the problem is mm-hmm. that I that we're that I'm dealing with. But here's here's the the, the next step on that is for me to put everybody around the circle there and say. What do you think about this? And and it's rare for me to even tip what I think in that, or to to be overly involved in that. Uh, literally, what I'm trying to do is take all of these different ideas and put them into one coherent strategy mm-hmm. that we can, you know. 
So I'm combining everyone's wisdom on that. Now, there's a lot of things being said that I agree with that I think is right that I would have already done it, but I, I don't need to say that. I, you know, it's, I, I would rather somebody say, well, uh, I said something and then we went out and did it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but here's, in, in, let me maybe simplify. Again, let's be more concrete and less abstract. This, is, this one's for you, nerds. Uh, go and watch a bunch of episodes of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And they all go in the room, and Jean-Luc, and they all tell him what, to, what they think. And the and the, the 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 one with the forehead is always saying, "Well, we should shoot him." And yep. the 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 doc the doctor lady says, "No, we gotta be nice and whatever." Everybody, whatever. And he puts all that together. He doesn't argue with them. He doesn't say, "You're right, you're wrong," blah blah blah. But what here's what happens is, let's say, for example, that that devolves into two camps. One side says we should shoot him. The other side says let's be nice. Whatever it is, you know, just. Two different approaches. Well, okay, then as a leader, here's what I'm going to say. We're going to try option A. If option A works, great. hey, that's great. We don't we didn't we didn't need any extra wisdom on that. If option B, if option A doesn't work, we're going to option B and we're going to be thankful that we had option B. Mm-hmm. And everybody who thought option A is was right is going to humble themselves and get on option B mm-hmm. and 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 give it their full uh, uh, effort. So what you have are people who are saying to themselves, I don't know if I love this idea, but my idea is still on the board. Sure. And if, if this doesn't work out, I've, I've still been heard. So there's nothing really to fight about when you feel as though your plan is in this thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes as a leader, you have right. to... Um, you have to. Sometimes you have people that are just rambunctious. They just really want to say, "I think we should do X," and see that happen. Mm-hmm. You know. And there are times when they have a bad idea and they're really sold on that and they're really committed to that. Well, part of what I do as a leader is to let this bad idea out into the light. Let it go forth. Let it fail horribly and miserably. Let the let the humility flow down, and then re- restore this person and say, N- "Next time, would you like me to help with the formulation of these ideas?" But if you have that sense of uh, of of um, if I'm demanding, I just might get my way, and it mm-hmm. just might really end poorly. That's bad. Mm-hmm. What I want instead is a sense of all of us came up with this plan. If the plan fails, that's on all of us. If if this is Jed's plan and we none of us quite like it or whatever, and it fails, and Jed's gonna feel horrible. So we, mm. I don't want that. I want we all. I I put I put the issue on the table. Everybody sounded off. Everybody was heard on this. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me later you had a brilliant idea that you didn't say in the moment. Whatever. I I asked for everybody's input. I want to hear from as many different voices, and I want different opinions. Mm-hmm. That's not an argument, as, as Matt's pointing out. I want is I want ideas from left field, thinking of a whole new. I, that's the whole point here: mm-hmm. is give me something I'm not seeing on this, right? So, if we put all that together and it doesn't work, that's on the whole team, and we come back as a team. We analyze that. We go through it with a fine tooth comb, and we come up with our next thing. 
So what that does is it takes a pressure off of that each mm. individual person. It reduces all that conflict and drama and competing ideas and all of that, and it really makes it a group activity. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a very important point that I'd like to close this out on, is that idea of the desire to be right, because that's where a lot of conflict comes from, a lot of yeah. stuff, particularly a lot of ministry conflict. We're talking about a campus ministry. There's Whether that's the worship service or the small group things or what where we do the retreat or what color the t-shirt is, a lot of things to have opinions on. One of the things that helps around here that you're hearing on the podcast, and we actually do in our in the ministry up here in Chicago, is Glenn is a, a very a vigorous delegator. Mm-hmm. Really likes handing tasks off for yep. a number of reasons. That One is a very good way to teach people. Mm-hmm. One is he just likes seeing us squirm. Yeah, right, but right. Uh, so as we pointed, as uh, Lee may have pointed out, I on the pod of the four guys here on the podcast, uh, two of the other ones are my boss. One of them was my pastor. They all have more ministry experience than I do, and all have as far as you know being married and have kids stuff more life experience than I do. However, because of some weird Kafka esque nightmare, I'm in charge of the podcast. That's right. Because that's my job. These guys have <laughs> mm-hmm. other jobs. They're very generous to give us right. an hour and a half of their time a week. If they had to. Uh, book guests and quite question stuff, they don't have the time to do it. The show wouldn't mm-hmm. exist. That's why I'm, that's right. when I say I'm the producer of the show, that's what that means. So all these guys basically say, whatever you want it to be. That's right. Because it's my thing. That's right. We have things, uh, we have things that Jed's in charge of, we have things that Glenn is directly in charge of, things that their their wives are in charge of. And if some, that task has been delegated to someone, the buck stops with them. That's right. Now, if they screw that up enough, then Glenn will undelegate mm, it. That's right. That's been known to happen, but that's right. a different step. Right. And so let's say, not at this job, because we don't put up with it up here, but in previous ministry things where I've been around, there's been a lot of drama. A lot of it comes from that idea that Glenn is talking about of holding on to the idea of, I knew if we had done it my way, mm-hmm. it would be this, or mm-hmm. Sally said the thing, I think these t-shirts would be better orange if they were this. Here's the thing. If Sally's in charge of the T-shirt committee, whatever color she says, just get on board. It's a yeah. T-shirt. Who cares? Right. If we're having, we got to have right. a meeting at this instead of that. If you're in charge of that, great. And one of the best things you as an individual can do to kind of not be involved in this nonsense, and if you ever get a position of leadership or if you talk to someone about it, is once once a decision is made, just everybody get behind the decision mm-hmm. because we're not, you know, we're not building bridges here. Yeah. If we have mm-hmm. a bad idea, no one's going to die. Right. It might be a little bad, but that's one of those things. So there's, uh, and, and if I could jump in there real quick, I think totally. part of what you're saying is that the person doing the most work on a project really should have more say so totally. in the process. I think that's important to keep the peace. Absolutely, you know? there's that point of ownership. So mm-hmm. he will close this out in the Bible because Bible is good. I've, I've heard, heard that Bible it. Is Hebrews chapter thirteen, starting verse seventeen, says, "Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority." because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. A lot going on in there. So particularly when you hear about marriage and uh, submission in the Bible, talk about the concept of marriage, talks about in a lot of other places. And the Bible basically says to submit to anybody who's been put in charge of you. Yeah. And part of what it's saying here is that means just make their job easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If someone says, I think we should have the retreat yeah. here on this weekend, if there's a reason you can't do that, say, I think we should, well, you say, well, there's a, there's a basketball tournament that weekend and my people won't be able to go. If they still decide to do it that weekend, just get on board with it. Don't show up to the half empty bus and go, well, I think I mentioned at the time that next weekend there's no basketball tournament because <laughs> you're not enjoying that. They're not enjoying that. So yeah. one of the, one of the ways you 
deflate that conflict by taking your ego out of it that way. And the active way, we talk about that a lot. Again, war on abstraction. The abstract is get your ego out of the way. We said a lot. One of the active ways you can do that is by getting on board with a plan that's not your own mm-hmm. and giving that your all. That's kind of a, right. a way to kind of do that part of it. So right. a lot of good stuff. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We're just hanging out with a song this week. This is from our friend's Chicago metal outfit, Fire Down. This is our version of the uh, hymn Before the Throne. Very cool song. Jed produced for him. So thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. They say gravity is directly proportional to the sum of the masses and inversely proportional to the distance between them. That's just typical French elite physics. Beat is on! <laughs>